0: What is going on beautiful people welcome back to another episode of progress not perfection i am your host jeff pakman and i'm here to tell you guys about things i'm doing to lose fat for the summertime a lot of you guys have been following me on instagram and i'm kind of posting what i've been doing and i've been giving you guys my daily weigh-ins and showing you guys what's happening on the scale And kind of teaching you guys how to not use the scale as your only measure of progress. But if you are going to use it, how to use it efficiently. So that is the number one on my list. I'm going to go over about eight or nine different things that I'm doing to lose fat for the summer. But number one is I'm actually weighing myself every single day. And so a lot of you guys may be like, you know, that seems a little obsessive, whatever. But if you guys have been following me for a minute, you guys know that I actually have been weighing myself daily for a very long time. (laughs) I don't let it affect me emotionally. I pretty much just look at the number, I write it down and I keep going. Now I've been doing this long enough to where I know whether the scale is telling me that I overate last night or whether I had a hard workout Or whether I'm just sleeping not good and I'm going through some stress in my life. You know, the scale has so many reasons why it may fluctuate up and down. But ever since I've gotten into this deficit two weeks ago, the scale has been consistently dropping and dropping and dropping. And while this is nice, I don't get too excited about it. Because number one, I know that I was eating like 350 to 400 grams of carbohydrates before I went into this deficit, and now I'm eating about half that, 150 to 200 grams of carbohydrates. So just that alone, and then having less food in my stomach, having less food in my digestive system, I am not surprised that the scale has been dropping daily. So just that alone, water weight, glycogen, extra carbohydrates being stored means that I will be dropping weight on the scale pretty rapidly for the first couple weeks. And you can apply this to your own journey as well. Like if you have been eating like an asshole for the last six months and all of a sudden you're like, I need to get in shape so I don't look like an asshole for the summertime, then you can realize that the scale is going to start dropping rapidly and then it's going to stall out. It's going to start fluctuating. It's going to start pissing you off, right? And this is, I'm preparing you for the inevitable here, okay? So realize that the scale is going to piss you off. So what else can you do to find your measure of progress, right? Like what else can you do to make sure that you're actually making progress on your journey? Number one is if you're going to use the scale, write down your number every day and then take an average weekly weigh-in. So write all your numbers down for the week and then add them all up and then divide that number by seven. And what you should do is compare week one to week two, week two to week three, week three to week four, and then you should be losing on average about 1% of your body weight per week. If you are not, you may need to tighten things up a bit. So that's kind of, that's how you can use the scale intelligently. Another thing that you should be doing, and that is objectively more important than using the scale, is using measurements. Now, there are specific places that I like to measure from, and I will go into that briefly here. If you guys want me to do another episode on this, please just DM me on Instagram, and I will do more episodes around measurements and why they're so important. But I like to take two different measurements at the waist. One of them is at the very smallest part of your midsection and that's gonna be your waist measurement. And then the other one's called an umbilicus measurement, which is a quarter inch below your belly button. So those are the two waist measurements I like to take. And then I like to take a hip hip measurement at the widest part of your glutes. And then I like to take a thigh measurement about six inches above the knee. And then I like to take a arms measurement in a flexed position. If your measurements are trending down after two weeks, then you are in a deficit, my friend, and you are doing things correctly. There's no reason to change anything. Even if you're not losing weight as fast as you want to, I'm telling you some good things are happening and you should just keep going. Okay, so that's number one on the list. And that is what I am doing to lose fat this summer. Okay, number one. I'm using the scale every single day and I'm taking measurements. I'm also taking progress photos. Every four weeks, I will compare my progress photos, make sure I'm making progress. I'm only doing this for 10 weeks, so it needs to be effective and I need to be consistent. Number two, I am tracking my calories. Big surprise there, right? I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I'm, I'm a data guy. I'm a numbers guy. I like to track calories. Um, this gives me more data points to look at. This tells me for sure if I'm in a deficit, it also tells me whether I'm in an aggressive deficit, or at a slight deficit, or if sometimes I'm eating at maintenance. Um, It also allows me to play around with calorie cycling. So sometimes I will give myself a little bit more calories on the weekend. And this is nice because, you know, more calories on the weekend, who doesn't want that? Some weekends I know I have social things planned out, so I will purposely kind of Lower my calories like Monday through Wednesday. Give myself a little like 600 to 1,000 calorie buffer for the weekend. And that's how I do things sometimes, okay? I also program this way for clients. Sometimes, you know, if I notice that they are struggling on the weekends and they're a social butterfly, then I will give them more calories on the weekends. I will pull calories from the weekdays. I just did this with a client, uh, Natasha, if she's listening. Natasha, you're awesome. Um, so... Those that's kind of how I'm doing calories. I use a food scale. I recommend you use a food scale. This is how you're going to be accurate. I also recommend that you measure things out in grams, because that's going to be the most accurate. So try to be the most accurate that you possibly can. Oh, and by the way, if you are weighing out your chicken, or your ground beef or your proteins, whatever proteins that you like. I'll get into proteins a little bit later, but whatever proteins that you'd like, you should be weighing them out either cooked or raw, but you should use the correct entries in MyFitnessPal. If you just put in six ounces of ground beef and you actually weighed out your ground beef cooked, but you just typed in an entry in MyFitnessPal that says ground beef, that is going to be the raw entry. And you are actually underestimating your calories now because there are more calories in the cooked ground beef 6 ounces. Yes, there are. So very, very, very important that you use the correct entries. One thing that I like to do is I actually will take the cooked entry and multiply it by 1.4. Don't ask me where I found this uh, this equation. My friend Mike Vacanti actually is the one who wrote an article on this, and it made a lot of sense because proteins lose about 25% of water when they are fully cooked. Now, so most chicken that you cook that's fully cooked is gonna lose about 25% water. So you can multiply the cooked amounts by 1.4. So if it's four ounces of cooked chicken thighs you would put you would multiply that by 1.4 and you get six ounces of raw chicken thighs and that's what you would put in you just put six ounces of raw chicken thighs and that's how you do that somewhat accurately it's never going to be perfect but at least you're not um, underestimating your calories by like 200 or 300 every single time you have a meal that will lead that will add up to about 900 calories per day and nobody wants to be not making progress because they accidentally put in the wrong entries in MyFitnessPal. Same thing with rice. If you are measuring out your rice cooked, make sure that you type in a cooked entry for your rice in MyFitnessPal. When you search for jasmine rice, make sure you type in jasmine rice cooked, and that is going to be the correct entry in MyFitnessPal. That's how you track calories accurately. You don't have to track calories, but all calories count, my friends. So. Make sure that you are doing some form of adjustment to your nutrition that allows you to be in a calorie deficit. That's calories. I'm eating currently about 2,100 calories, coming down from eating about 3,000 calories per day. So, some things I'm doing to stay full in a calorie deficit are I am practicing some meal timing, intermittent fasting. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And I am implementing a lot of berries and fruit and i am i'll also get into the specifics of the foods that i am eating that work for me when i'm in a deficit so all of this is going to make a lot of sense here in a minute once i'm done and you'll understand why i'm doing what i'm doing and hopefully you can put it all together to help yourself out to create a fat loss program for the summertime number three protein 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 It becomes so important as you get into a deficit to maintain your protein intake. Okay, Protein is what helps you stay full in a calorie deficit. It also helps you retain lean muscle in a calorie deficit. You will also want to be strength training so that you don't lose muscle. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But protein also has the highest thermic effect of food. So for every 100 calories of protein that you eat... You're actually only absorbing about 70 to 80 calories. And the reason for this is because protein actually takes quite a bit amount of energy to digest it. So you actually will not absorb all the calories from protein, which is pretty awesome because you can eat like... 600 calories of protein, and you only absorb about 70% of that. So that's pretty nice. And it will keep you full for sure. Because protein kind of sits in your stomach, and it doesn't digest quite as easily as other macronutrients. So definitely get your protein in. If you are looking to figure out how much protein you should be eating, I would say start with around Take your goal body weight, multiply it by 0.7 to 0.8, somewhere in there. That's going to be your ideal amount. If that seems like a lot, then just eat like 100 grams and then start increasing slowly from there. Have a couple protein shakes. If you guys need a tasty protein powder, I really, really love the supplements from Legion I've been getting recently. Um, I am a, an affiliate with Legion. They do send me stuff and I chose to partner with them because... Not because I make money, guys. They just send me products and I I genuinely love the company. I love the owner and the content he puts out and their whole team is just amazing. Everything is evidence-based. Every single ingredient that they use in their products is evidence-based and you can even look up the stuff that they they use on examine.com and it'll tell you exactly how much stuff is in each product and that's the it's called the efficacious dose, which is like the dosage that is the most efficient for your body. This is what the research shows. So if I'm taking a product for joint health, and it has curcumin in it, and examine.com says the, the effective dose for curcumin for joint health is I don't know, 600 milligrams, you can be assured that on legions products, it says the the correct amount the correct dosage that is backed by evidence and every single one of their products is like that which is why they are able to dominate the market when it comes to supplements and they also just do things in a way that is ethical and and every other supplement company i've ever seen does not do things as eth- ethically as legion does and so that's why i'm rocking with them if you guys want to purchase Any products from Legion, you get 20% off your entire first order when you use code JEFF, J-E-F-F. And that is a badass deal because you can purchase a ton of stuff for your first order and you get 20% off the entire order. Plus, right now, they are having a 30% off sale, quite a bit of things, so go check them out and uh, you might find some good deals right now. I really, really love the Cinnamon Cereal Whey Protein. I love their multivitamin and I love their Joint Health Supplement. You know, as I'm getting into my mid-30s here, you know, my joints are starting to get a little bit achy, and uh, I've definitely noticed some benefits from the curcumin, and that's why I brought it up anyways. So, go check out Legion. I'll leave a link in the show notes, and you guys can use my code. Even if you guys find some 30% off deals, using the code supports the show, and I always appreciate it when people use my code, and I always give people shout-outs. All right. That's protein. Um, I'll get into specific foods that are good and high in protein that I like, that I use here in a little bit, but definitely make sure you're getting lots of protein in. Number four on the list is my steps. I have been getting consistently anywhere between 6,000 to 12,000 steps per day. I know that's a huge range of steps, but some days I'm just not able to get um a ton of steps, and then other days I absolutely smash the steps out of the park. So on average, I would say I get about, mm, probably 50 to 60 thousand steps per week. So that's kind of what I'm aiming for as a weekly total. So some days I will get not a lot of steps and then some days I'll get a ton. And that's simply because I do cardio or I do I play pickleball on some days. So I'm getting my zone two cardio in and I'll talk about cardio here in a minute. But basically I wear my Garmin watch and as long as I'm getting over 6,000 steps that day, I'm happy and I know that that will lead to some good stuff. But if I have time, I will get over 10,000 because that is ultimately just gonna lead to better health, um, better mental health, and a higher quality of life, and also just losing a little bit of fat a little bit faster, eating a little bit more food or whatever it is. So um, creating a larger deficit. And walking doesn't really make me hungry. So it's, it's a way to burn calories that doesn't make me super hungry. When I do cardio, when I do a ton of like traditional cardio i get super hungry so this is why walking is beneficial because it doesn't actually make you super hungry i'm going to take a sip of my coffee so get your steps in guys number five on the list is cardio now i don't have a specific like requirement for cardio for myself but i play pickleball every single uh friday and sunday those are the two days that i play the most and then i usually have a couple pickup games that I play in, and then I play dodgeball Wednesday nights. You're like, how the hell does this guy have time for everything? This is all done at nighttime, so it's usually after my workday. And it's good to just like get off the phone, get off the screens, participate in some sports or some activities. You know, if you are able to get into like a softball league, a kickball league, a dodgeball league, or like something fun like that, go do it. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what age you're at either. Like there's people in their forties, fifties, and sixties playing all of these sports. Pickleball is amazing. If there is an indoor facility or even like outdoor courts that you can play in at night, tennis is amazing. Um, Pickleball is amazing. There's so many like low impact sports that you're not like totally dying from, but you're getting in some, uh, some zone two cardio, which is been proven to improve your overall health um and it it just it's so good for you so make sure you guys are getting in some form of zone two cardio i like sports because it kind of doesn't feel like cardio it feels like you're just having fun and it's also a good way to meet friends and socialize so get out there play some sports and get involved in whatever your city or your town has going on You know, especially if you have the time at least like one or two nights a week to go do something fun. I promise you, you won't regret it and you'll thank me later. But that's what I do for cardio. Um, I don't really hit the treadmill or the elliptical too much. But if if I do have a week that I know I'm not playing pickleball or something like that, I will hit the treadmill or the elliptical and just listen to a podcast or something. Number six is lifting. I'm lifting about three to four times per week. I'm on a push-pull legs split, so that looks like you know chest and triceps one day, shoulders, back, and biceps another day, and then usually a leg day. Usually like a glute-focused leg day one week, and then the next week will be a quad-focused leg day another week. And some weeks I do four days because it's it's actually so it's actually a push, um, a pull and then a day off, and then a leg day, and then rest one day, and then a push, a pull, a rest, and a leg day. So some weeks I will hit four workouts per week. Um, but that is my lifting schedule. I'm in the gym for about yeah roughly an hour each time. because it, And the only reason it takes me an hour is because I like to do warm-up exercises and I got some like upper back thoracic mobility stuff I'm trying to work on. So that takes me about 10 minutes before I go lift. And, you know, sometimes I'll walk on the treadmill for a couple minutes or just do some like some cat cow or some bird dogs or some... I like to be pretty mobile and feel good before I start lifting. And then usually my first one or two sets of an exercise is like my warm-up sets anyways so you know do what you want but I wouldn't go into lifting without doing some form of warm-up I really really like being warmed up before I start lifting number seven on the list is meal timing okay now this one's pretty controversial because I have hated on intermittent fasting in the past but I used it for quite a while before that But I found that it started to lead to more binging type behavior. So intermittent fasting is definitely not for everyone. But right now what I'm doing is I'm having coffee with some creamer in it uh, usually until about noon and then I'll have my first meal which is usually a big ass salad and then I will get into lunch and dinner and I'll get into the specifics of what I'm eating. But I like intermittent fasting right now. It's working really well just because I would rather be a little bit more hungry in the morning and then go to bed on you know with more food in my stomach i hate going to bed with an empty stomach like going to bed hungry is the worst thing ever i hate it so i actually like pushing my meals back a little bit further and basically only having about two meals and a snack and then a dessert at the end of the night so this is how i'm getting my 2100 calories and it's working really well. If it stops working, then I may stop doing intermittent fasting. But when calories get lower, and since it's only for 10 weeks, um, intermittent fasting might work very, very well. And it's working very, very well right now. So I'm just going to keep it in the program. Um, Yeah, anyways, that's meal timing. You got to just find a meal timing that works for you. Some people do well with a larger breakfast, some people you know they try intermittent fasting and they literally cannot stop shoveling in the peanut butter filled pretzels at the end of the night or you know their their hubby has a pint of ben and jerry's and they feel left out and they they end up scarfing one down as well so <laughs> uh find what works for you and stick with it i like being full at the end of the night so that's why i do intermittent fasting uh, at least right now i don't do it normally but I'm trying it again after, you know, I've improved my relationship with food. If you have a damaged relationship with food, then intermittent fasting may not be your jam. All right, number eight and the last one on the list here is my specific foods or what a full day of eating looks like for me. So I'm going to be honest. I'm keeping things pretty fucking basic during this summer shred, if you want to call it that, summer shred. I am... Pretty much having my coffee with, I I use the Fairlife Zero Fat Milk. So the 0% fat milk. And I find that's pretty creamy. It makes my coffee creamy and it's only like 20 calories for the amount that I use. So still keeping calories at a bare minimum before about noon. 12 o'clock, I am trying to get in a big ass salad. Um, and that is usually with about 4 ounces of protein in it somewhere between lunch and um, dinner, I will have a protein shake. I will throw some stuff in the blender, a scoop of legion casein, just because casein protein seems to keep me more full. Although I don't like the taste as much as the whey. Um, The whey protein just doesn't keep me as full. But I notice if I put a bunch of ice in a scoop of protein powder, and a little bit of zero-calorie sweetener in the blender with some, um, either some milk or some almond milk or some water. I get a big blender full of, s- like, a shake. And it keeps me full for a couple hours. And then I will snack on, like, strawberries. Um, you know, you can have, like, 8 ounces of strawberries is, like, 60 calories. So I usually have some strawberries and then... That usually keeps me full around dinner till around dinner time. And I actually eat dinner pretty early. Usually I will have dinner around like six o'clock, maybe even 530. Then around the same time I feed Mello, I'll feed him and then I will have my dinner and I'll have dinner pretty early because I'm trying to get I'm trying to not go to bed with a bunch of food in my stomach just because I don't think that's very good for you. I've looked at some research and honestly, having going to bed with a full stomach just impacts your sleep and I don't want that. I want to get a lot of sleep right now. So I will have my last meal around 5.30, 6 o'clock and then tonight, for example, I go to dodgeball around 7, actually 7.30 so I will have everything like fully digested before I go to dodgeball. When I get home from dodgeball, Oh, and dinner is usually like something simple, but okay, this is a game changer, you guys. You guys are going to love me if you try this. So I've been making these like, they're kind of like carne asada fries, but they're a low calorie version. Um, Don't tell anybody about this. So I've been getting the Alexia house cut fries from the freezer section, and I'll put about Eight ounces of them in the... This is a big meal, so you can cut it down if you're not somebody who needs this big of a meal. But I like a big meal for my last meal. So pretty much eight ounces of the Alexia house-cut fries, and then I will put about six to eight ounces of a protein of my choice. Lately, I've been doing some grass-fed lean ground beef, around 93% lean ground beef, and then two ounces of reduced-fat cheese, And then I will throw some veggies in there as well. But pretty much, you air fry the potatoes first. And then you put them on a plate, a little bit of fry seasoning. And then you put your whatever protein source you're using on there. And then you put your cheese on there. Put that in the the microwave for about 30 seconds. Check it. If the cheese is melted, you're good to go. Then you do the other toppings. If it's not melted, you may need to go another 30 seconds. Just keep going 30 seconds at a time until the cheese is melted. And then you're going to take it out. Put about 40 grams of avocado, some white onion, some cilantro, maybe a little bit of like pickled jalapenos. You know, make it taste good to your preferences. I like sriracha. And then I literally just go in on that. And sometimes I'll have broccoli, some roasted broccoli on the side with that just to get in some extra vegetables. But that that right there, that meal is so satisfying because I don't know about you guys, but I love carne asada fries, but they are just they just do not fit into my calories when I'm in a fat loss phase. So that's kind of my version of uh, carne asada fries I may do a recipe video on this just because I feel like so many people would benefit from it because um, it's literally I could eat it every single day and I have been for the last like week so yeah that's been my jam I'll have that and then I'll go play dodgeball tonight and then when I get home I'll have an ice cream cone with some low calorie ice cream and like a 30 calorie cone or I'll just have half a pint of ice cream um, the, the ice cream I'm using is called Nyx and it's like 300 calories per pint, and it's good. If you can find it, find Nick's Ice Cream at your local grocery store if you can find it, because it's low calorie, but it is, uh, you can't tell. You can't tell it's low calorie, it's 300 calories a pint. Ben & Jerry's, for reference, is usually around 1500 calories per pint. (laughs) So you're cutting down about 1,300 calories and I don't even eat the whole pint, guys. I eat half a pint, so it's 150 calories and then the cone is like 30 calories. So that's usually anywhere from 120, which I usually can't even put half a pint in the cone, so it's usually about 120 calories for the entire cone of ice cream. I made a video on this on my Instagram if you guys want to watch it on how I make my low-calorie ice cream cones every night. And then by the end of that, guys, I'm full and I'm satisfied and I'm usually 2,100 calories or even under that. So, and the beauty of it too is usually that's about 160 to 190 grams of protein, depending how many scoops of of protein I put in that shake in the middle of the day. But that's, that's it. That's how I'm doing it. And I could eat like this for the next 10 weeks. No problem. Um i may have a couple days where i go a little bit lower so i can go out and have some fun on the weekends and you know celebrate with some people if there's events coming up Uh, but other than that things are going smoothly right now and you just got to make sacrifices if you want to get to a goal um and yeah so strength is good everything's maintaining hope this was helpful for you guys i think it it should be and um If you guys do have questions, you can DM me on Instagram. And as always, guys, I really appreciate all the five-star reviews I've been getting on Apple Podcasts. The written reviews you guys have been leaving on Apple Podcasts has been amazing. And it really does help the show out a lot. So if you guys want to see this podcast grow and you guys want to support me, um, I really appreciate you guys leaving a five-star review. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. And bye-bye.